My friends, welcome back to the Failing Forward podcast with Niku Loesch. Today, I have a very special guest who went through a healing journey physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in business. So I'm so excited to highlight how she's gotten to where she is today, both professionally and also personally through some incredible things that she's had to overcome to get here. Let's go ahead and welcome Dr. Wendy Trubo. Dr. Trubo, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. It's so great to be here and feel free to call me Wendy. I didn't tell you that actually. Oh, thank you, Wendy. Um, feel free to call me Niki then. So, you know, I really want to, to jump right in and highlight your failing forward story because on paper, you look so incredibly accomplished. You have such amazing things that you put out into the world. You have great memberships. You're reaching communities, doing amazing things. You just launched a book, like all the yep. things. But I think that people don't realize that in getting to this spot, this position where you're at today, there was a lot of pain and suffering and trials and tribulations and dare I say failures along the way. So let's dive right into that. How did you get into this field? How did this start? And what were the failures along the way? Okay. I got into this field of functional medicine and prevention and toxins because I am the poster child for terrible genetics, piling it on, ruining my health and being sick as a dog. So I got into this practice. I got into medicine because I felt called to heal. And I also come, a lot of people in my family are in medicine. So it was familiar and I felt like it was a match. So I got into medicine, but then I really got into functional medicine because it resonated with my belief of why is something happening? Let's figure that out. That was back, I actually transitioned into functional medicine in 2009, but I really impact, was impacted by it in 2005 when I was diagnosed with celiac at 35. And that, that opened my eyes to, hey, really, you can get people better because I got myself better. And then we, my husband, my husband is like Martin Luther King. He had a dream. And he said to me in April of 2008, Actually, he said to me in January, I'm thinking April. And I was like, for what? <laughs> We're going to go on vacation? Like, woohoo, we have two little people. We're going to go on vacation. Yes. He goes, no, no, to open the center. And I was like, oh, that's not what I was thinking. And he had this dream to open up a multi-specialty integrative and functional medicine center that really pulled the best of the best and did all the best technology and functional medicine, and then eventually would move to a large site where we had a farm and a school and a healing center and brought all of the best providers in the area to this place. And we opened this company in July of 2008, and it grew like wildfire. So we opened up, I was on call in OBGYN the first day we opened, but I didn't have any patients in labor. So I was on site answering the phones. We had one paid member and him. And I think we had a phlebotomist too, actually. So there were three employees, one volunteer on the day we opened. And five months later, we were at 26 employees. Yeah, right? <laughs> For those of you that might be new to business, that is incredible to be able to start with a, a team of two and grow to 26 employees. That's, that's phenomenal in five months. Yes. And we continued to grow like wildfire. So went at our heyday, at our peak, we were the largest functional medicine practice in the country, which by sort of extension means in the world because America is really leading the charge on functional medicine. So we had 120 employees at our peak. We had 30,000 square feet of real estate. We had 20,000 patients. 
And we, along the way, violated what I will call the three rules of business. So you can violate one rule of business at a time. If you violate all of them at a time and your business has any stress, you're going to fail. And that's what happened. So the three rules, one, don't grow too fast. Well, clearly we blew that one out of the, out of the water. We grew way too fast. Two, have enough cash on hand for rainy days. Because we violated rule one, which is growing too fast, we were constantly burning through our cash and didn't have any in reserve for rainy day. Three, don't hire jerks. Now, nobody's a jerk, right? Nobody's a jerk. But a jerk in this context is someone who may not be rowing the boat in the same direction that you want the boat to go in. And so when things get stressed or tight, they're not working in the same way as you are. And if you realize you've hired a jerk, do not keep them on board. Get rid of them as soon as you recognize it. So here's so, a fun little fact. Um, I started my first company when I was 21 years old. It was a sales and marketing company. And it was me and two girls. The two girls that actually expanded with me from San Diego to Los Angeles quit on me in week two and a half. So it was, uh, it was me left having to staff 17 Home Depot stores to run the in-store promotions. And I was on my own. So I had to start recruiting and building from scratch. Now, fast forward three years later, we had started opening offices. We actually launched 47 offices nationwide, over 400 marketing representatives. It was amazing. But I was known in that industry for being the grim reaper because I was really, really good at paying attention to people that were not following the mission, that were not being compliant, that were not coachable, that did not have a good attitude. And I would cut them very quick. So if you're listening and you were part of my team back then, it was all in love because it was my responsibility to protect the business. So I love that you learned that lesson. We learned that lesson. And yeah, it, uh, in 2015, we were seven years old. And we had, we live in the East coast. You're dressed like it's gorgeous outside and where I am, it's 15 degrees. So the the winter of 2015 had more snow on record than we've basically ever seen. And telemedicine didn't exist at that point. And people stopped going to the doctor. Now, if you remember, I mentioned have enough cash on hand for a rainy day. We had grown too fast, by the way, that meant our systems weren't optimally situated to deal with that growth. So we went through seven phone systems. We were nothing communicated with anything. And so when the winter of 2015 happened, people stopped coming to the doctor and we didn't have enough cash. And that was where it got very clear that we didn't have everyone on the right team. And we went, we went from being the hottest new thing, like sliced bread, to being closed within a very short period of time. So by August of 2015, we were closed. And, you know, we, we, um, we had grown too fast and put everything financially into the business. So when the business closed, we lost that. We had invested in a building. We lost the building. We lost our down payment. We lost our family's money who had invested in the building. And my husband declared bankruptcy because he had signed personal guarantees. And so it was, and I knew as soon as we were closing, like, oh, he's going bankrupt. And I was not an owner at all. So I did not go bankrupt, but he did and we're married. So it impacted us. We had leveraged our house in order to put money into the business. So the good news, there's always good news, right? There's always an upside. The good news was we didn't have enough equity in our house for the, the bankruptcy court to come after because we had leveraged our house. So we kept our house and then everything else we lost. 
And so I was 45, my husband was 40, and we were starting over in our mid forties, in my mid forties. And with we had, children, with a family. With four kids at the time. So we went from two to four while that all happened. And we had four kids, 10 and under, and we were really at a crossroads, you know, cause so at that moment it was, okay, I could go back to obstetrics and gynecology, but I really can't because it wasn't the right match for my constitution. So then what's open is do it again and do it better or leave medicine and leave medicine. Wasn't right. It was, it just wasn't right for the universe. Like I'm here to make this profound difference for people's health and vitality and I can make a tremendous difference in another way. It just wasn't right. So both of us sort of went through this lot of soul searching. And I will say as an aside, Niku, that the, those personal guarantees that my husband signed were a surprise to me. I didn't know about them until the business was about to close. I didn't understand what they meant. I didn't know about them. I didn't know that that meant that we were personally liable for everything or he was. And it really came for, for me as a moment of soul searching. I was extremely angry with my husband because I felt that he had not put our family, uh, kept our family safe financially. And I was really angry. And I did, I personally did a lot of soul searching because it was down to, okay, I can be angry and punish my husband, but there's going to be, have to be some end point to that. That's not, a, that's not an indefinite behavior. I can't punish him indefinitely and be a good role model for my kids for how I want marriages to be. Or if I can't forgive, and, and in that scenario, I would have to forgive him in order to stay in the marriage, or I have to get out. There is no middle ground of punish him indefinitely, stay married and hope for the best. There, there, what, that wasn't a possibility. Right. So did your marriage you know, survive? It did. Fantastic. So let's talk about that. Cause I know there are so many women that are listening that have been in a similar boat as you, maybe there was infidelity in the relationship. Maybe there yeah. was, like you said, the one partner did not fully protect the assets and there was financial strain. The main reasons why marriages end is trust communication and yeah. oftentimes financial. What was the soul searching that you had to do? And how did you bring your husband and yourself back together to protect this entity? Yeah, there's a lot in that. Niku. So uh, the first thing I'll say is I was committed to my marriage as a commitment. You know, I started with, I'm committed to my marriage and not at the expense of my self-expression and freedom, freedom to be me. So only if it dovetailed with being able to, to move forward. So I started with that. I'm committed to my marriage and I'm committed to having my marriage be a great role model for my children. So we spent a lot of hours teasing out, you know, what were the things that had him do that? What had him not communicate? And really for me, what was the linchpin was, I need to know that you're going to have this experience inform your future behaviors. And so that this will not occur again. I, I felt betrayed and, and it's, I think different from fidelity. Because I think there are other things that went, go into fidelity that weren't present in this case. My, hu my husband was just doing what he knew to do. And so he wasn't avoiding, there was no acting out behavior. It was simply, this is how he knew how to do business. 
Well, it sounds like it, it wasn't a malicious act, right? You no. weren't doing it intentionally thinking you're going to hurt. He was making a decision. Like we're going to start this business. We're going to build a legacy. And because it was, it sounds like your first go around in business, your first time having office building, your first time working with leases. Yep. He just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So it fell in that category. So uh, when we really teased it out, we got down to, you know, he's an innate optimist and never in a million years could he have um, ever imagined that things would occur the way they occurred. He couldn't even contemplate it because he's an optimist and he always lands on his feet. He's a cat. He always lands on his feet. So we got down into very deep conversations about, you know, what are the thought processes and how does it work? Now, I'm not an innocent bystander here, okay? Like we, I, I'm not a victim. I refuse to be victimized by this because every point in the company that we made choices that ended up being bad choices, I at the time said, I think this is a bad choice. We should not do it. And yet we did it anyway because I wasn't in a place where I felt empowered or comfortable to say, no, <laughs> no, you have to trust my no. So only after many years, I mean, now my husband and I have worked together for, wow, 14 years, right? Since 2008, yeah. we've worked together. Is, and is he Edward? Is your husband? It's Edward. Edward yeah. My, oh my, my business goodness. partner is my husband. I, I saw the last names and I was like, oh, they must be like really close colleagues. I didn't realize that yeah. was your husband. We are close colleagues. We're married. <laughs> so we, we, so we've worked together for 14 years. And what we've gotten down to is something that I really needed. At some point we had this conversation of sometimes I can't explain why, but I know it's wrong and you need to honor it because every freaking time that I said it was wrong, it was wrong. Well, I can explain to you the why as a mindfulness expert, a breathwork specialist and a yoga teacher. Well, it's that Simon Sinek thing, right? Yes. Women, for whatever reason, as nurturers, as creators, have a very strong intuition, yeah. right? Like we sense energies and situations and we, we can see what's going to happen. We have a very psychic ability. So yeah, your intuition was on it's point. Your radar was on. Yeah. It's very strong. And it's been that way since I was a kid. And so he wasn't at the place where he could honor that. And we didn't have agreements about it. Right. We'd had no. So I never advocated and stood up in a powerful way until we really got down to, Hey guys, we might not know why my bells are ringing, but we need to honor those. So now we're at a place where if I say, I I'm not sure why, but this doesn't feel right. It's a full stop. We've got, we've evolved. So when we go back to the marriage part, I, my husband and I got down to one, that wouldn't happen again. Two, if it did, we would talk about it. He wouldn't just do it. And three, that I needed to stand up and hold my backbone and absolutely not let him walk over me. You know, nobody would look at me and be like, oh, you're a pushover. But there's ways in which I, he's much more dominant than I am. And I would just defer. And there's no more of that. And some That's of that I'm just, sure it was just a respect or you're working with your husband. You want to respect and allow him to be that strong, dominant male, right? No, it's not even that. It's that he had this vision and he was hell bent on having it show up in the world. And what was missing was the core team of people who would 
service his ballast. You know, he essentially wasn't listening to his advisors at the time. Got it. And, and Ian surrounded himself with his advisor who, advisors who let him go forward, even in the face of maybe we should pull back. Maybe this isn't a good idea. So it's, it, I, I will say that in this whole process, he's had the biggest transformation out of all of us. I think one, he lost the most, you know, he went bankrupt and we both lost our reputations. We lost all of our financial cushion. Well, we spent it on the building and then lost the building. So he's had the most noticeable trans transformation because from someone who was freewheeling and un not uncaring, but really didn't think that the consequences would occur, he's now become someone who either does it himself or listens to me and our other advisor about how do we play this out to the worst possible scenario and make sure that we've covered our bases and is now planning for the exit strategy before we get into things. I mean, he's had a tremendous transformation. And then the next layer of that is this company is owned by me because he was bankrupt and he couldn't own anything. We knew he was headed for bankruptcy and anything he owned would become part of the bankruptcy. So this company, when we finally picked ourselves up, brushed ourselves off and said, well, this is really what we're meant to do. Let's just do it better. You know, last time we didn't have the criteria of scalable, sustainable, uh, reproducible, and financially viable. We didn't have that. This time, the question when we st start to approach new things, is it scalable, sustainable, reproducible, and financially viable so that as we grow, we're not like in the wild west. It's, it's clear. So and just for the audience that's listening and saying, wait, where does she get to this new business that she has? Oh, yeah. So version 1.1.0, .1 they built, they scaled, everything happened fast, too yeah. fast systems weren't set up. They weren't looking for the rainy day prepared for that. So all that crash and burn in 2015, and then they have rebuilt version 2.0, which is five journeys. Go, you can go ahead and check that out at www.fivejourneys.com, which is this beautiful, all-encompassing, holistic, functional practice where they, they include functional medicine, they include supplementation, they include IV therapy, they talk about diet and nutrition. I mean, they really have it all going on and they have virtual programming, a subscription model for education. They help with women's health and they also do telemedicine. So no matter where you're at in the country or the world, they are there for you. And I think it's such a beautiful thing that you've done. So I want to dive into the five journeys. And I also want to go ahead and dive into your genius because right now you're telling your story and I appreciate the vulnerability, the transparency. Thank you. Because I know there's a woman that's listening saying, oh my gosh, she is me. She's going through what I went through and she just learned yeah. from your journey. But let's get into your personal journey. There's a reason why you were called to medicine. There was a reason yeah. why you were called to being a functional medicine doctor. And I know it's from your healing. So let's talk about where the, where the suffering happened, what the symptoms were, and how you healed yourself. Sure. So there, I would say my story has two parts. The first is pre-celiac. And so the development of celiac that started, I mean, I really started at birth developing all of this gut dysfunction. I have two genes for celiac. I then piled on 
I was a child of the 70s and we ate in a particular way. And then microwaves came in in the 80s and we microwave lots of food in plastic. So you pile that on. Then I decided to go to med school, pile on the stress. Then I decided to be an OBGYN. I couldn't just, I couldn't simply do family medicine, which really did represent my philosophy. I had to do something hard. Then I also fell in love with OBGYN and delivering babies. So I did something hard. It was surgery. It was stressful. And so all of those things piled in, right? Plus layer on how I ate at the time. Those were the development of celiac, which I got diagnosed at 35, but I was sick for years. Irritable bowel, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, brain fog, asthma, um, just, just kind of everything, heart palpitations. By the time I got diagnosed, I could almost not get out of bed. And a functional medicine doctor diagnosed me after years of essentially falling through the cracks in the conventional system. So that's part one. And then that was transformational for me because I stopped being so sick, but the absence of suffering is not necessarily the presence of health. So I was able to get back to a reasonable baseline and then hit perimenopause and chalked everything up to perimenopause when in reality it was actually toxic exposure. So in 2018, this starts part two of the story. And, and by the way, this is when I got diagnosed with the toxins. However, because I was a child of the seventies and eighties and came from parents who had major stressors, it was piling on. It's just, this got to the tipping point in 2019. So in 2018, my neighbor took his post-war lead paint laden house down. And I, and our houses where I live, we're right on top of each other. So I was like, oh, shut the windows. It was dead of summer, you know, end of summer. 1978 lead acts for you realtors right? out there. Pay attention. Yes. I was like, oh my God, we're getting exposed. And my hair started falling out after that, but I, I didn't make the connection. It's so hard to treat you yourself. Just it's hormones. Like you go to doctors and like, oh, you're in perimenopause. Oh, it's your hormones. Everything's going to rebalance. The hair's falling out. And people right. are just focusing on the symptoms versus really going down to the yeah. root cause and taking a look at the entire picture, right? Which is why yeah. I love functional and, and doctors. Who goes to the doctor? I never go to the doctor. Who has time? Who has time for that? I go to the doctor. I go for my pap, but I didn't discuss that at that visit because I'm clear that my old PCP had no interest in this stuff. So I never even complained, but I did get my hairdresser to agree. Yeah, your hair looks like it's thinning. But then, you know, perimenopause, right? And then fast forward to April of 2019, we went to France. It was the trip of a lifetime. We spent a week right around Notre Dame and it was super dusty. And it was um, about a month after I came back, I had gained, I gained nine pounds after we came back, my hair started falling out even more and the rash on my face exacerbated. I just was like, what is this? It started a little bit under my nose and then went under my chin all over my nose and my eyes. I wanted to rip off my face, Nico. I was, I was just that itchy. And I started to think, okay, maybe I'm more perimenopausal. What's going on? And a few months later, I heard a report that when Notre Dame burned, and by the way, we were there the week after, that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead into the atmosphere. 
and that lead landed in a concentric way that the closer you were to Notre Dame, the more you got exposed and the farther away you were, the less you got exposed. Guess what? We were there for the week right after it burned and it was super dusty and we got exposed. And for me, it was enough. It was enough to tip me over because I had all these toxins before building up unknown, but that was the tipping point at which my body could no longer compensate. Wow. <sighs> right. Like, like let's, let's just take a breath really quick. <sighs> Let that go. That there's a lot to unpack there. Yes. Um, and I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, this is the journey that I'm going through. I'm currently doing a detoxification program as well, because of a belief, a strong belief in me that I've had exposures to toxins, specifically mold, and I'm allergic to mold. And also this intuition that I might've been, I might have a parasitic issue as well, Mm -hmm. that no doctors are listening. And at the end of the day, you have to be your own mental ad. You have to be your own mental and health advocate point period blank. And so I want to dive into, you found out that there was a lot of exposure you saw the symptoms and you started to correlate the two and you're like, okay, I need to, I need to heal. Well, for people that might have been exposed to, um, lead or copper or mold, let's deep dive into what are some of the common toxins that we are exposed to on a daily basis. And what's the next step? What, how do we detoxify? All right. The first thing I'm going to say, Nico is ignorance is bliss. Knowledge is power. And every person lands somewhere on that spectrum. And so if you're listening and say, okay, you're probably on the knowledge is power end of the spectrum, but it's okay if you're not ready. Dive in when you're ready. So the ignorance is bliss part is that the toxins are all around us. It's impossible to live on this earth without being exposed to toxins. So it's never about being toxin free or perfection's not the goal. It's really how do we minimize the impact of what we're being exposed to so that our bodies can optimally function. So the way I think about this just helps me. There's two layers. One is what are the categories of toxins? So there's heavy metals. The ones I really focus on are lead and mercury. A lot of people are high for thallium because they're eating the organic food in California from California and the soil is very contaminated. I'm very curious about whether mercury starts to go up from California wildfires because when the all the burning of these forests releases methylmercury. So I'm curious to see if there's an impact there, but for now, I'm not so worried about thallium. It's mercury and lead that are the ones that really send people off the cliff. Mercury comes from fillings, which if you have silver fillings, you have mercury in your mouth. And the other major source is fish, the heavy mercury fish. So tuna, mahi, mahi, swordfish, tiled fish, uh, not mackerel, sorry, the shark. So my recommendation is usually for people don't all eat the, the things heavy that women fish. when they're pregnant should not be eating. Yes. Eat like a pregnant woman all the time. And then lead is from how being in or doing construction on homes built before 1978, as you referenced the lead paint act of 1978 or having lead pipes uh, or having gotten it from your mother, if she breastfed you, because it does come through the breast milk as does mercury too, by the way. So all of these things, breastfeeding is a detox event for you and you give it to the baby. It's better to breastfeed if you can than not breastfeed, but it is, it is something to keep in mind. So that's the metals. Then there's, you reference the mycotoxins. These are the toxins that mold puts out when it's in your body. 
And then your body can have all these reactions to it. And there's a whole host of them. And the treatment is based on which one it is because they don't all respond to the same thing. Although I will say they, they re all respond to this one strain of fiber from Konjac. So if you can get fiber from Konjac, it, all of the mold strains universally respond to that, which is kind of cool. And then there's environmental toxins. So that's things like, this was a good excuse to stop pumping my own gas because gasoline fume emissions have toxins in them, nail polish, beauty products, makeup, clothing, furniture, bedding, flame retardants in, in your bed. It's kind of everywhere. Anything you use for construction to finish a home most of the time has VOCs or other chemicals that are off-gassing. And then the last category is pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. And that's, think of, think of mostly for food, uh, all the grains are universally contaminated with glyphosate. A lot, all of the chickpeas are contaminated with glyphosate. Glyphosate is the trade name for, I'm sorry, glyphosate is the product name for Roundup, which is used, it's the most commonly used herbicide in the world. And it's a microbiome disruptor and also associated with uh, about four separate cancers and tumors. So, all right, so those are the four categories. And then when you're starting to go, well, oh my God, how do I deal with this? Think of it like, what are the things you're putting in your body? That's your food, your water, your alcohol. What's the quality of your water? Are you drinking from single use plastic water bottles? How much alcohol are you drinking? How often is your food organic, not organic? How much sugar are you eating? What's going in you? What's going on you? Your clothing, your beauty products, your makeup. Uh, nail polish goes in that category. So anything that touches your body and then anything that's around you. So that's where the herbicides, pesticides, insecticides come in, your furniture, what you're using to clean your house with, all those things come in. And to me, it just makes sense to think about those are buckets that you're using, and then you can start to peel off or empty the bucket. And again, it's not about perfection. It's just make improvement this week. And then win, have a win, make improvement next week too. And keep iterating because over the course of a year, that's 52 improvements you've made or 48, whatever. You took a vacation, right? You're like, right. I'm going to do it. It's, it's the baby steps. It's not about diving into everything no. at once. I need to change my food. I need to change my beauty products. I need to change my furniture. Just choose one thing that you want to start with and then build upon that. Like maybe you make a list of these are the things that are really important to me. I'm going to get rid of single use bottles. I'm going to go ahead and get myself yep. a like drink out of a glass, right? Make yeah. sure you have a good water system. Make sure that you're getting proper electrolytes, right? For functioning. There's so many things that yeah. are really easy, simple, small changes that we could be making that don't have to be overwhelming. But I, I you know, I, I think we should highlight some of the things that it sounds like you and I are, are very conscious of this and our homes and our families. For myself, for our family, we order the majority of our products, both products that I put on my skin, products that I use for cleaning, products that I get for um, my laundry from Thrive Market. Or, or no, Thrive is for my food. And then why am I drawing a blank on the other one? Hold on, hold on. Let's pull it up. I just placed my order. Let's go to subscriptions, Grove. So these are these are my go-tos. Grove yeah. is what we use for our home products. Thrive yeah, is what we're using for our food products. And then honest is another thing that yeah. we use for, um, whether it's for the mother or for the baby or for the household And honest beauty also has fantastic makeup. Jessica Alba and her team has done a fantastic job of cleaning it up. So I don't know about for you, Wendy, 
What are you using for your home? What recommendations can we make? I love Aspen clean partly, you know, I, I know I look all, well, I may not look calm, but I, I'm, I know I look sort of put together. However, in my life, I often feel like I don't have any brain space. So I love Aspen clean because it's environmental working group certified and they have laundry detergent, dishwashing detergent and house cleaning all the different surfaces. So for me, one-stop shop is amazing for the house. And then for beauty products, I use both mineral fusions and uh, beauty counter, both of those. I do love the honest company and Grove. Also, I just like one-stop shopping and I love thrive market. I use a bunch of stuff from there and then, yeah, we go everywhere. So my husband actually took over the shopping a couple months ago. We're more sharing it now before it was mostly me. And he came home with some berries that weren't organic. And I was like, bad, <laughs> bad husband. I was like, don't buy them. He said, the organic berries were like twice the cost. I said, yep. That is the cost of health. You well, you either, either pay, it the- pay for it now, or you go ahead and you eat the wrong foods and then you're going to pay for it later yep. with your medical bills and all the things that you have to do to fix the issue. So let's right. dive in. I know you're, you're big into diet and nutrition as well, as I see on yes. your website, the, the most important foods, if you're, you're looking to start going into organic, the culprits, the ones that are going to be the most heavily contaminated that we should do organic. And then before we dive into that laundry list, so people can go ahead and grab their pen and paper and be prepared to write these things down. If you are eating meat, make sure that your meat is grass fed and grass finished organic, because if you're not having grass fed grass finished, yes, it may say organic meat grass fed, but if it's not finished with the grass as well, they're stuffing them with the grains at the very end, you're getting those grains through your meat. So a lot of the issues that we're having right now with inflammation and gut health issues is coming from these GMO products. It's coming from the whole grains, which are supposed to be so heart healthy. That's just really, really clever marketing, Mm -hmm. but you make sure that your meat is grass fed, grass finished and organic. Make sure that your fish, especially salmon is wild caught Atlantic because at the end of the day, the foods that you're putting in your body, whatever they're eating and however they were, were raised is directly reflected in how it's going to be processed in your body. So now we can go ahead and turn it over to the organic foods. Sure. So Nico, I would say that I'm not sure that I would say you must do X, Y, and Z because I can't walk a mile in anyone else's shoes. So I usually say when you're looking at this process, one, level up on the thing you eat a lot of. So if you are big on juicing celery, make sure that's organic. If you If your family eats a lot of carrots, make sure that's organic. Whatever your thing is, start with that because it's more of an exposure thing. And we can get into, yes, you really want to eat organic peaches, but where I am, I can't even get them right now. It's not in season. So it's sort of a moot issue. I think it's really important to start with what's accessible in your family. So whatever you're going through a lot of is where I would level up first. Um, And then anything grown in the ground is going to be absorbing what that ground has. So that would be a pretty close second. So potatoes, sweet potatoes, things grown on the ground or in the ground, onions, uh, any root vegetables. Those are things that very quickly, I would say, let's get organic into you because they're absorbing everything. And that's not in your favor a lot of times. I love that. I think it's a great starting point. 
So you're a, fun, you're a functional medicine doctor. The difference between the traditional medicine doctors that are looking at the symptoms and solving the symptoms and a functional medicine doctor, which you come in and you say, I feel this, these are my symptoms. And they start to ask questions about everything, the lifestyle, your exposure, and they try to find the root cause. Why is that so important for individuals that are looking to really find healing long-term? Not to say that there isn't a time and a place for traditional medicine, but what got you into functional? It was personal. I mean, I experienced the benefit and the transformation of it firsthand and was so just blown away by what a difference it made and wanted to, here's the truth, Nico. So I used to work in OBGYN and on Fridays, we would call it vaginitis Fridays because all the people who had had an itch all week, like, oh my God, my boyfriend's coming to town. My husband's coming back from his business trip. I got to get this taken care of. So it was like, you know, that itch that you'd had forever now on Friday had to be dealt with. So vaginitis Friday rolls around and this patient, I'll call her Michelle. She rolls in. I've seen her like every other stinking week and she has an itch and she's from Ireland. So I'm going to try to replicate her accent. So she tells me this whole thing and I and my husband had already opened up the other company. And I, I said to her, Michelle, I don't know. We've done all this work and I have not been able to help you. I think you have an, a sensitivity or an allergy to gluten. And she looks at me and I said, but by the way, I don't really have the tools to do what I need to do here. I think you should go see my husband down the street and he'll diagnose you. But she looks at me and she goes, hmm, beer or sex? I'll think about it. And she went to see him and he diagnosed her with celiac. She then diagnosed her whole family in Ireland with celiac. And by the way, her vaginitis went away. That's what got me into functional medicine because I was ticked off that I had to send someone down the street to see my husband when I was like, I want to do that. Like when I was in the OR and the surgeon would be doing it and I'd be thinking, I should be doing that. Why aren't I doing that? So it was this, I want to do that too for people because I mean, I see her periodically when she sees my husband, but she never needed me again. So it was just ironic. I love that so much. And I can, I can totally relate to that story. I mean, since the age of 15, I was dealing with at first minor bloating, which then became chronic bloating. Didn't matter how healthy the foods were that I ate. I thought I was eating super clean in my twenties. I would immediately bloat and look like I was four or five months pregnant. And it was because I had already had this issue with candida, candida being the bad bacteria that was growing rampantly, that was living and feeding off of the sugars and the carbohydrates that I was eating in my diet. And so, you know, chronically that then became SIBO leaky gut, and no one was able to diagnose that for 18 years until I was 32. And it was a functional medicine doctor and naturopath that were both mm-hmm. doing lab work on me on a monthly basis. My hormone therapist was giving me weekly testosterone shots because I was experiencing chronic fatigue. I was also on antidepressants and mood stabilizers because I was having brain fog issues and depression and anxiety. Like everyone was treating the symptoms. I had eczema, which then developed to granuloma annulare. Like my skin issues were, were going rampant, but it was all coming from issues in my gut because of gluten, Mm -hmm. dairy, And believe it or not, I was also very allergic to tobacco and I was around some chain smokers. So I had to make a decision to separate myself from people whose lifestyle was triggering issues with my body. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And, and that's where I found my healing. So I love that you've, that you're in functional medicine. I think everyone should work with a functional medicine doctor and really try to find the root cause. So coming back to detoxification, number one for mold, we haven't talked about that on the failing forward podcast yet. How do we identify if there's a mold issue and what are the common symptoms we should be paying attention for? Yeah, it's a great question. And the first thing I would say is always work with a provider to get the diagnosis of, well, what strains do you have and how high is it? And because what are you treating, right? And, and are, is it making a difference? Is it impactful? So the, um, the, the, <laughs> it's a lot of different things. If you've had a house that had water damage, you're at risk for mold. I have a patient who had a car with water damage and she had mold in her car when she tested. If you have a basement that is not finished, or if you're in, you know, these Victorian homes that have unfinished basements, those are often very moldy. If you live in a climate that's wet, you can have mold around because it's just wet and, and mold loves where it's wet. And then the symptoms are, can be manifold. So uh, a lot of skin issues can track back to mold and that goes for respiratory issues also. So uh, congested sinuses, seasonal allergy type things, asthma, gut issues, often bloating or irritability is often indicative of mold and difficulty losing weight can be dif- uh, sort of when someone says to me, I do everything right. and I can't lose weight. I'm like, you have a toxin until proven otherwise, which can be mold or environmental or metal. So it just depends what people have held on to. But- so how do we test for that? Do we test the environment or can we test ourselves? Both actually, because the environment doesn't tell you what you're holding on to. The environment tells you what you're continuing to be exposed to. So I would recommend doing both test, test around you and then test yourself. You can do some blood tests for it. That would be through a functional medicine provider or even better um, um, someone who specializes in mycotoxins. Cause I have some patients I share with the specialist and they just do a lot more than I do even, but I do the the urine testing, which is looking at the different strains. What are you able to excrete through your urine? So there's a lot of ways to look at this and slice it up. All right. So you and I need to connect um, later on this week on getting me in for a urine test for specifically for the mold and the microtoxins. We're coming to the close of the interview. I want to make sure we highlight um, some of your genius here with the foods that are going to really help us support detoxification and any other detox protocol that you want to run through. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you're going to like me long-term because I always feel like there's no one size that fits anybody. And so take everything I say with a grain of salt, because it might not fit you. And I try to craft something that is really geared for you. That being said, foods that improves phase two, there's two phases of detox in the liver. Phase one is where you take something, we're going to boil it down take it, make it more toxic. Phase two is when you bind it or convert it in some way to get out of you. And what's crazy is phase one makes it more toxic. Think hormones, they go from not toxic to more toxic. Then you bind them to a methyl group, get them out of you. So any, everyone's very fast at phase one and most women are slower at phase two. So the goal is improve phase two. So You can support liver function through supplementation, and you can also support phase two in liver through foods, which are, I mean, these are foundational things. So protein, flesh, eggs, dairy, those things do actually improve phase two in the liver. Um, And then cruciferous vegetables improve phase one in the liver, things like turmeric 
and ginger. I mean, all of these things can be helpful at supporting liver function. And then there's functional medicine supplements like glutathione and C and NAC and alpha lipoic acid. Those are all also supporting the liver's function. So there's a lot of ways to slice this. Eliminating alcohol helps the liver function because it doesn't have to be distracted with dealing with alcohol. It now can focus on its core behaviors. So there's a lot of ways to slice this. I mean, we do work with people who are uh, full on vegan. And I always say to them, that's kind of my least favorite approach because you're missing the things that support phase two. But there are some people who are committed to that approach so we can work around it. But if possible, get, get protein in so that you can improve phase two. Absolutely. The protein and don't fear fat, because if you're looking at foods that say low fat, that actually means they're high carbs. And again, it's the carbohydrates that are feeding the candida, the bad bacteria, which is causing a lot of the microbiome issues. Right. And inflammation, which then trickles into cardiovascular and cardiometabolic issues. So it it just keeps dominoing. Inflammation is the root of all disease. Yes. Where there's no inflammation, disease has a hard time surviving. But when you're in an inflammatory state, then that's where diseases can actually grow and sprout and manifest and multiply and lead to other things. So you reduce your inflammation, you're going to have a really good situation long-term. So you want to take back your health, focus on inflammation. You can do the autoimmune protocol. You can do um, the FODMAP is a great one. There's so many great alternatives out there for nutrition, but I will tell you that as humans, we were not created to simply live off of plants. Why? Because plants have a natural way of protecting themselves with these anti-nutrients, these plant toxins that are helping them not be, not go extinct. Animals can run away. (laughs) Plants can't. So just be mindful of that, but that's an episode for another day. Dr. Wendy just launched an incredible book. It is available on Amazon. It's available on her her website. It's called the dirty girl, ditch the toxins, look great and feel freaking amazing. You guys, you got to go ahead and grab her book. We're going to drop it in the show notes for you below. And Dr. Wendy has actually brought a free gift here for the failing forward podcast listeners. So for listening in today, you can go ahead and go to her website. That is the five journeys. Sorry www.5journeys.com, Nova slash promo, and you will be getting the detox your life free guide. So go ahead and grab your gift. Make sure that you guys stay connected to Dr. Wendy. She is a wealth of knowledge and she has a heart for healing, not only herself and her family, but others. Um, And if you guys need help finding a functional medicine doctor, please reach out to Dr. Wendy and her husband. They're doing incredible things in the world. If you're looking to get into a membership for education, connect with her. If you have questions about supplementation or IV therapy or more nutrition, connect with her because she is a master of many things. I will be reaching out to you, Dr. Wendy, for that urine test for mold. Um, Do you have any closing remarks for our audience before we go ahead and give off your social handles? Yeah, I, I really think that if you don't fail, you don't grow and it's okay to fail. And from that failure comes something that you won't be able to imagine. So don't give up. I love that so much. Failure is an opportunity to learn and to move forward. There's no such thing as failure until you quit. So as long as you don't quit, you continue to surround yourself with the right people, get the information, take actions on that. You are failing forward in life. And that's how you'll get from where you are today to where you want to be in the future. Your highest, your best, your most radiant health-filled self. If you want to stay in touch with Dr. Wendy, uh, you can go ahead and find her on Facebook, either her practice, Five Journeys, or you can find her individually at Wendy Trubo, MD. That's W-E-N-D 
Y. Is that correct? Uh, it's W E N D I E. There you go. T R U B O W M D. W E N D I E T R U B O W M D. We will drop all of her handles, her websites, that free gift all in the show notes below. So take a look at that. If you love this episode, please do me a favor, subscribe, leave a review. If you do leave a review, go ahead and send me a screenshot of that to my Instagram at Niku Loesch, that's N-I-K-O-U-L-O-H-S-E. And you will be receiving a free gift from me. It's going to be my free by bloating guide. And also I've created a list of all the places, the companies and the foods that I source for my family and I still be receiving that incredible PDF with all the discount codes and affiliates that I've established over the last 15 years. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Dr. Wendy, thank you so much for being with us. Wishing you all another beautiful day in love and in light. Take care.